two traditional episodes back to back. This is an established tradition, though. We're we're quite traditional here at Cortex. Yeah, yeah. Around, around prime Cortexmas is when we get the most traditional, and that is <laughs> that is now. We're in Cortexmas prime season. The best part of the year. The most productive time of the year. That's how the song would go. No, that's not how the song would go at okay. all because it's the best time of the year. I, I don't think Cortexmas is the most productive time of the year. Don't, uh, try, to, okay. don't try to tie me into that, Mike. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> it is time to talk about our yearly themes for 2019. What are yearly themes, Mike? How would you describe this to listeners? This was a thing that was established a few years ago now, um, where you mentioned that you were trying to focus. I, I believe the year of less was the first yearly theme. When yes. Yeah, it was when was. you had decided that you wanted to kind of pull back from some commitments and just try and get things all taken care of a little bit more. And we were talking about that a bunch. And I really liked the the thinking um, around a yearly theme, like some kind mm -hmm. of overarching idea that can guide my decisions for a year based upon how I feel. And so I then decided that I wanted to implement a year of less um, in 2017. So I decided that that was something that I wanted to do. And you enjoyed the year of less so much that you wanted to keep that going. So we both set themes <laughs> in 2017 to run the whole year. And then we set themes again for 2018. And now here we are to set our 2019 themes. Right, right. Okay, that makes, that makes sense. I was trying to think about what the timeline was and mm -hmm. it was very fuzzy it's very fuzzy in my head but yes year of less the most glorious of the yearly themes the clearest of the year, yearly themes and also very successful the year of less but I, as i remember it now i believe i was pitching it of of the year of less and then in brackets gray it was that like i was less involved in things that was what was my pitch for the year of less i think the actual phrase was Year of less, comma, me. Ah, okay, right, all right, that sounds good, that sounds right? good. <laughs> I think that was the original thing, and that, that was just something that had prevailed for a while, but then back mm. in January of 2017 was when we were like, okay, this is, a, this is a useful thing, so then we started out setting them officially uh, mm. since, and I think since then, I've really gotten excited about all of this and mm -hmm. i set multiple themes for myself throughout the year and um, i have two for this year like i had Ooh. kind of two and a half for last year because i had right. one theme the year of positivity that was a holdover from june to june but i i really enjoy these themes because i see my yearly theme as like a north star mm. so when i'm working through the year and I'm making decisions and potentially big decisions. I look at my theme. What did I think I wanted to do? What did I? How did I feel last year that informed me to change in some way? And does this new thing align to that? Because that's where my themes come from. My themes come from a frustration I've had throughout the year or was built over a year. And then I plan my next year based around that theme. So it could be something that's annoying me, it, you know, like something that I want to change, or it could just be like a creative itch that I want to scratch, right? Like there is something that has been bubbling up inside of me over the, over the year and has kind of become more and more. So then I decide, right, the way that I'm going to output this, the way that I'm going to fix this is I will set a theme 
for the next year, which will allow me to act upon the feelings I'm having. And that's your initial thing. It's where the year of less came from. You were very frustrated, I think, with how 2015 went for you. Mm. So in 2016, you were like, nope, we're going to change this. And 2017 and 2018 themes for both of us have been been pretty similar in that regard. It's like, we we did a thing, it, it went how it went, good and bad, and we've decided that for the next year, we want to move forward in a different way. Yeah, and I also like yearly themes because New Year's resolutions are dumb and ineffective. Yes, let's make this very clear. Themes are not resolutions. Resolutions are an action, a goal that you set for yourself. A theme is an overarching idea which doesn't necessarily have any things you must complete, yeah. but will just help guide you with the decisions that will naturally come to you rather than you trying to force a decision on something that doesn't exist, which a resolution is. Yeah, and and it's also why I really like the theme thing. And when people are thinking about productivity and goals and things, it's very, I think it's very easy to get caught up in specifics. And I feel that the theme is an excellent counterbalance to that of it's just an idea. You think of it as the North Star. I, I think of it as just a kind of background process that's in my mind where it's not directly affecting anything, but it's just sort of there. I think that they're, they're pretty the way I'm thinking about it, they're pretty similar metaphors. Yeah, but it has this effect of just tapping decision making a little bit mm-hmm. in one one direction or another. And uh, also for me, while uh, we have traditionally now uh, enforced by Mike this idea that we talk about the yearly themes in January, I feel very free form with these themes. And I, and I really I really think for anybody who's listening to this episode and, and thinking about doing something like this for themselves, it's a broad idea that is applicable in many ways. Yes. And you, like, you don't have to think about what is your theme for the year. Uh, you know you know me, Mike. I like seasons. I think seasonal themes are perfectly appropriate. We're going to get to seasonal themes later on. Later on, Ooh, we will talk about seasonal exciting. themes. Not, we're not going to get into that right now. But like, this okay. was something no, no, no. that I, I really wanted to underscore as well. Like, We do it now because, look, now is the right time if we're going to talk about this. If we're going to yeah. pick a time of the year in which we will tell you what we're doing for a whole year, January right. 1st is a pretty good time to do it. But if you're listening to us now and you like the conversation and you think, oh, this could work for me, don't feel pressure to come up with one now. Like maybe yeah. come up with it in March or in April or in May, like spend some mm-hmm. time on it. And then either you could let it run until the end of the year or you could let it run for a year. Like I've done it right on this show. I had the year of positivity. It ran from June to June. Like you can add more. That's a great example of one. And I think that may be one of my favorite ones on, on the show. It really changed me in a big way. And, and yeah. I'm very happy that I did that a lot. That that was, again, just a reminder in case you didn't know. I felt that all of the conversation around the technology that I was interested in had just become very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to try and find more positives uh, without like, you know, I still criticize where criticism is needed, but I was trying to look at things more positively and that made a big yeah. difference on my life because I went back to enjoying what I loved rather than just being annoyed about it. Yeah. And it's a perfect example of the way I think about the background process of it probably caught you while you were talking on your podcast and a little moment of like, do I need to be really negative in, in this moment? And the answer to that can be yes. I sometimes things deserve criticism, but it's, it's helpful to just have that like, 
but maybe maybe there's something that you can positively talk yep. about or, yep. or think about it in this way. So yeah, they're very they're very free form, and I only just wanted to mention that because I almost feel like our tradition now of doing it in the year implies more structure and formality than I think is necessary for any of the listeners to have, mm -hmm. and that it is just this thing to think about in your own life, and that is the way that it is useful. It's useful precisely because it's not a goal with a particular marker of success or failure and a time period in which it needs to occur. It's useful to have something that is much more free form in the background that's also big picture. This special episode of Cortex is brought to you by Simple Contacts. I'm betting you have a bunch of things that demand your time. You have side projects to complete. You have work that you want to get done. Maybe you have a video game that you want to play. But luckily, you no longer have to worry about spending time ordering your contact lenses. Because Simple Contacts lets you renew your prescription and reorder your contacts online from their app even. And you can do it from anywhere in just minutes. They have a self-guided vision test that will take just five minutes, which is so much faster than taking time to go to a doctor's office. A licensed Doctor reviews every single test so you can skip the office visit, but not the care. Now, I want to let you know this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Simple Contacts will check that your current prescription still helps you see 2020 and will renew your lenses based on that prescription. They are not writing completely new prescriptions or examining your eye health. Simple Contacts have all of the brands and lens types that you're familiar with. Their vision test costs just $20. The prices of their contact lenses are unbeatable, and standard shipping is free. Plus, on top of all of that, I have a special offer for listeners of this show. You can join the over 5,000 people who've rated Simple Contacts' app 5 stars in the App Store and get $20 off your contacts by going to simplecontacts.com slash cortex20 and using the code cortex20. That is simplecontacts.com slash cortex20 and the code cortex20 for $20 off with Simple Contacts. Our thanks to Simple Contacts for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I wanted to recap our 2018 themes so we could kind of look at what we set and how did it go. Mm -hmm. So I had two themes that I set. One was the year of adulting and one was the year of branching out. The year of positivity ran through and it came to June and I decided that I wasn't going to make this a thing anymore. This is just part of who I am. I will just try and be more positive and continue to be positive where I can be. Mm -hmm. So that was great. That was a huge success, the year of positivity. It was a fantastic thing. I'm pleased that I did it. The year of adulting, the biggest thing that that included was my wedding, which mm. when I was listening back to our 2018 episode, couldn't fathom that that all happened <laughs> this year. Uh <laughs> It feels like a long time ago and not a long time ago. Uh, but the, the reason that I wanted to focus on this is I knew what would happen, which is what did happen, is up until my wedding in July, every single thing in my life was going to be affected. It touched every part of my life. And kind of setting that as a thing of like, this is one of my big goals of the year is just to get married, made it mm -hmm. feel a lot better that it was affecting me so much, right? Because if I would have been like, no, no, I've got to try and just like 
do everything as normal and just let this thing happen when it happens, I would have lost my mind because planning a wedding is really, 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 really difficult and time intensive. And it made a huge impact on the first half of my year. Yeah, planning a wedding is hugely time intensive. And also being married is a different experience as well. So yeah, it's it's good to it's good to have that in the background. Like like you're saying, when this wedding and getting married and being married is taking up a lot of space in your life that it's fine because this is what you have said is the, one of the themes. This is obviously it's going to take up a whole bunch of time. And so it will. And that that's the point of it. It's like, it's a big deal. It's a mm-hmm. big event. And especially in your position, like you said, it touches on everything in your life. And for myself and let's say everyone else in the greater orbit of Mike, uh, it had ripple Huge effects. Huge effects. <laughs> it was like hilarious, hilarious ripple effects across everyone else who works with you. Mm-hmm. And then like second tier effects that Mike doesn't even know about where it's like, oh, other people had to change things. And then like people Mike doesn't even know were affected because stuff had to move around. It's like... <laughs> I think many of us at your wedding were discussing the enormity of the ripples in the pond that this, that yep. this wedding caused in internet land. It was, it was very funny. Turns out most of my closest friends are people that work with me. And right. <laughs> so bringing them to my bachelor party and to my wedding, because most people are tra- pretty much everyone's traveling a long distance. Right. It was a disruption for everyone, which I, you know, I hold it very dear to my heart that everybody was willing to disrupt their lives that way. But it was something I had to be aware of on my own, but even for the disruption to my company, to my business. Like, there were multiple weeks where, like, everyone was traveling and there was, like, we took some weeks off of some shows. Like, it just, it was a huge impact um, on my first, kind of, like, the first eight months of the year, like, three quarters of the Mm -hmm. year this was a focus on it. And I'm continue to be very pleased that I chose this as my, one of my themes. There was some like other events to occur from this, like potentially learning to drive. Just haven't even bothered. I was going to, I was going to ask about that. Where's your electric car? I haven't started that process yet. (laughs) It is something that we will probably do this year. Um, Mm -hmm. But Adina has been very much like, no, thank you for more projects. Cause then she started going through the citizenship stuff. Right. So to get get British citizenship, and she's like, "I don't want to do another thing. We're gonna we're gonna wait." It's like, okay, no problem. Uh, Yes, speaking from experience, the citizenship, permanent right to stay Mm -hmm. paperwork. uh, That's a that's a big project. It's gonna take up a lot of time. (laughs) So I can completely understand not wanting to get involved in the world of driving at the same time that is occurring. So my second theme which was more tied to kind of like my creative output was the year of branching out. And this ended up taking many different forms for me. There were things that occurred to me this year, which definitely fit within the theme that I wouldn't have expected. Like for example, getting into Twitch streaming, that was not something Mm -hmm. that I thought was going to occur to me this year. But when that became an option, I was like, okay, that fits with the year of branching out. Like that's a different thing. I'm going to go for it. And it's something mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, if I wouldn't have been having this this thinking, would I be like, oh, I don't know if I want to commit more time, like another structured time every week, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a big commitment if you want to do it right. And I don't know how easily I would have taken to it if I wasn't in the year of branching out because I was in that mindset of like, I want to try some new stuff. So that was great. 
and that has been great. But there were a couple of things that were specifically set for me as the year of branching out. One was more live shows, and oh boy, did we do more of those. <laughs> yeah, you, you did a big relay tour. Yeah, we did our big tour, big show in WWDC. We did a tour through a few cities. That was fantastic. Um, it went so well. Uh, my co-founder, Stephen, arranged it perfectly, and this is big, I hope, will become a bigger and bigger part of our business moving forward because we enjoy doing it more than anything else. Live shows, for me... They're just one of these things where it's like, this is a fun thing we can do, not something mm-hmm. we need to do, not necessarily something we should do, but I enjoy doing it, so let's keep doing it. And I think that's going to become a thing for our business moving forward where we try and do more of those. Yeah, and as someone who's been able to see those, like it is it is obvious that you guys are enjoying yourself mm-hmm. on the stage. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm... It's it's interesting. It's interesting to see that like a natural. Oh, we're on the stage, and this is great, and it's a different environment, and something that you don't get to experience most of the time in podcasting is is playing to the audience or getting like like the immediate Lofts. audience reaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that. You know that it gives you a totally different feedback on that, and the the live shows are are fun for that. And I'm um I wanted to try to catch you when you were in New York and it didn't quite work out. So I'm I'm looking forward to more relay live shows as a as a thing that you're gonna do in the future. Yeah. Like I'm glad that's really worked out for you. Yeah, we're really happy with it. It is not a money making endeavor for us right now. It can be. It can at least be something we don't lose money on. Right. But that's that's that is a long term goal to get to that point where it makes financial sense. Mm-hmm. But we can you know, like there are other parts of our business that can outweigh it, so we're fine doing it because we enjoy it. Right. So like makes perfect sense that way. Yeah, or that's that's the kind of thing where the more dedicated of the audience members are the ones who are are going to go out of their way to go to the live shows. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like it may not make sense in a purely business sense, Mm -hmm. but but it makes sense in the way of it's a very rewarding thing for a particular section of the audience. And and so, yeah, it's like you can try to make that work. The other thing that I was talking about at the beginning of 2018 was this project that I was working on, which is something that I've been speaking yes. about for this whole year. It has since taken on the name as the fiction project, right? Like I've mentioned that. Uh-huh. And as I, a few months ago, I uh, just said that like, it's going on the back burner right. because it's just, it's just something that I feel like I can't, can't move forward. I feel like I just want to address what it was now. Okay. Oh, okay. Just so people know. All right. Because it's something that people continue to bring up to me, and and I figure it's I know as a person who listens to shows that it can be frustrating if I just keep obtrusively mentioning something for like two years at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I was working on a idea for an actual play podcast, which is something like The Adventure Zone, something like Dragon Friends, uh, Total mm-hmm. Party Kill, like. Dungeons and Dragons, maybe, or a different game. Um, I ended up deciding I wanted to make my own rule set, which was probably the wrong idea because, oh boy, did that make things more complicated. It's a big project anyway, but let you let also you now design a game. That right, but this the problem was, in. and the problem is because I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like I've never right. played any of these games, so it's like, well, I don't actually know those rules, so I'll just make up my own rules. I have what I think is an interesting nugget of a story which could potentially be built into something one day. And now the mm-hmm. only reason I'm talking about it is because I have no idea when this would ever happen, if ever. Right. It is not something I have put any work into probably in a year. 
But mm-hmm. I have notes. I have an overarching story, but I, I'm only talking about it now so, so people know. Uh, I could have right. set myself up for an even worse situation by talking about such a thing that I have an idea for. But that was it. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to do it now. But that was mm. that was something that I was hoping to do uh, in my year of branching out. But it ended up not going that way. But I have something that has occurred, which we're going to talk about in my 2019 themes, which I think ladders into the year of branching out. Um, mm-hmm. But I never got to any level with this fiction project that that I was happy with. Can I ask why? Like, what do you think happened? It's it's it was it's very hard to do, mm-hmm. um, and I think I started to realize that the amount of time that I would need to write and edit and produce something like this to the level at which I am happy with. Which would mm-hmm. be, if you've ever heard any of our member specials that we do for Cortex um, every August, where we join up with Upgrade and we do a text adventure, that kind of production is what I would want to make like from, a, yeah. from an audio perspective. And those things are very, very, very time intensive. And so I just don't know if I have that time in my life right now to dedicate to making something that I would be happy to put out into the world Mm -hmm. and then you know there are a couple of other elements to it and one thing is and this is something that i learned from i think in like 2016 which i think actually ended up going into the year of less was i think what i'm ultimately looking for is something that is different to what i do every day and Mm -hmm. this wouldn't be that like at its core it's still making a podcast. That the project, the way you talk to me about it, is it, like, it would be different for you to create a fictional thing, mm-hmm. but the but the end result is still very adjacent to your current projects. Yeah, the other fifty percent of it is the same, and I don't yeah. know. I just don't know if I want to commit myself to that, you know, like mm-hmm. to, to doing that right now. This is, you know, this is likely only ever something that I would look at again if I had a lot more free time and I don't foresee that in the near future. Mm-hmm. It would take a lot of time for me to get this to where I wanted it to be and for me also to be motivated to want to produce it the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. For potentially no gain. I have no idea how a project like this would go for me because it's so different to everything else that I do, right? So, like, it could end up being a real loss for me. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of risk attached to it too. So, yeah, it's just not something that, that I want to progress for now, but it's definitely not something that I think of as dead forever. Like, right. one day I would love to do this. But that one day is just not now. It sounds to me like it's it's much less like it's on the back burner, which implies that it's simmering, which you're not paying attention to it. But it is in the, it is in the freezer. Freezer is a better way. Yeah, and it may come out. Yeah, it may come out at some point in the future. You haven't thrown it in the bin, but it's in it's in that freezer that we all have. Mm-hmm. Of like, here's a whole universe of projects that I may want to do, and it's going to go back in there, and maybe it will come out, maybe it won't but it's not truly active in any sense. 
that is the perfect way of describing it. <laughs> but there are other new things I know that are coming. Yeah. Which are interesting and exciting. Mm-hmm. But I was just I was just curious about that one in particular. Because it's a thing that we've discussed privately a few times. Yeah, I've kind of just got fed up of being obtuse about it as well. Here's my my thought on it: is like we have discussed this as a, as an idea for a project, and your vision for what it would be always always struck me as a monstrously large project mm-hmm. that also I thought had a a very variable possible outcome in terms of like. Is does this make sense to spend time on? There is like only two paths for this in my mind. It's either wildly successful or a wild failure. Yeah, that that I agree. That that was my assessment as well. Like yeah. either this becomes a big, huge deal, or it's a total failure and an embarrassment. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, putting putting that, I meant failure in terms of like a business sense. Like, well, yes, that too. Of course, if something is fiction, it also has the possibility of just being very embarrassing. Like, what's you know when you know someone someone shows you like the novel they've been working on, and yep. somebody's like, "Wow, that's great!" Like everyone, you know, actually thinks, "Oh, his story is bad," right? And that's like <laughs> another thing where like I don't have this type of stuff usually. You know, it's like, oh, I, I think I had a really great idea here, but everyone's like, oh. Yeah. And from, you know, the members episodes that we do with Upgrade, which is the the closest thing to what you would want to do. I, you know, I've, I mean, I've said it on the show before, but the if someone takes a look at the logic file for those things, it's, you know, it'll blow your mind away. It's just like the amount of the amount of work that goes into something like that is incredible. With Cortex and with Relay, there's a clear business trade-off in that it only has to happen once a year it's worth putting a lot of effort into because it's also like a fun gift for the people who support the shows but that's why the fiction project would almost have to be wildly successful in order to justify the tremendous amount of work that that would have gone into it so I think, if I can say this, Mike, I think the reason that you're okay with being more specific about what it is is because I, I think that you're letting go of this project. I think you're, you're putting it in the freezer, but I don't expect that it's going to come out. And I think that's probably the right decision. Yeah, it's like it's going away now. I'm, I'm not going to forget about it. And if something changes in my life, which means I could pursue it, then I would. Mm. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. talking about it now because I'm probably not going to talk about it again. Yeah. Right? So That's my guess. That's what it was. Your year was the year of order, and you went from what you ended up describing as the year of chaos. I mean, look, Mike, if we have to talk about embarrassments, <laughs> things that are potentially embarrassing, it's like, oh, man, my year of order. What a failure. <laughs> like, oh, it's yeah? It's really just... Yeah, like I, I really do think that like this has been. We'll get to this when we talk about what the New Year themes are. I've been thinking about this a lot, but it's like, man, Year of Order. I had such great hopes and such poor outcomes for Year of Order. So your your main thing that you spoke about of like what was going to develop the Year of Order was a system, and you said, and I like this quote: "The work isn't the work; the system is the work." Yes. And your plan was to systematize a lot of things in your life to allow there to be more order in it. And so I'm assuming that that didn't pan out. No, it totally didn't pan out. And I mean, part of the reason why we can get to this later, too, was like you suggested that I should listen to the old episode, the episode where we talked about this. And 
I am just, I am a man who has a hard time looking backwards. And it's been in the, it's been in the back of my mind of like, Mike was like, oh, you should go listen to the old episode where we talked about our things. Like, I just can't, I can't, I'm constitutionally <laughs> incapable of looking back right. at old videos and old podcasts and all the rest of it. I prefer to think about it in a sort of general way. But yeah, at that time, my memory of it was exactly that, that I was, I was frustrated because a bunch of things had sort of changed in my life, which made things feel more chaotic and that I was really aware of one of the most important things, I think, when you become self-employed and you control your own time is that you really have to be on top of that. And even though I was doing time tracking, I didn't feel like I had a regular schedule. And my idea was, I like, I am going to think of maintaining the schedule of like, what do I do at this time of the day? What do I do at that time of the day? That I was going to think of that as this is, this is my theme for the year. This is the job. The work isn't any particular output. The work, the work is maintaining this schedule. And little did I know about the upcoming year that was ahead of me. And I could, like, I could not have picked a worse possible theme that would have been more impossible to maintain during that year. And I know people can sometimes get a little bit frustrated with the vagueness, but this is just where like my personal life abuts the fact that I have a podcast where I talk about my life. But there were, depending on how you want to count them, like three major changes in my life this year and also five pretty big disasters that occurred. And the possibility of me maintaining, like coming out from this with like, I'm at the end of the year of order and I have I have maintained and worked on a regular schedule was basically zero. Like it just wasn't going to happen. So I I will I will freely freely acknowledge that the year of order was in terms of what I was intending at the start a total failure. We have discussed that I think there are cases where having the year theme was helpful in that it helped mitigate downsides in a number of cases and in particular with travel even thinking about the year of order when i was traveling helped me make many more reasonable decisions about how far am i going to push myself while traveling and i i was very much trying to turn down the dial on travel decisions if i could like i'm at this place But just because people are out and things are happening, don't necessarily stay up until three in the morning because it's going to totally screw you the next day because you're just not a person who can really stay up late at night. Those kinds of things were helpful, but I would phrase it that way, that it was year of order at best limited downside, but I cannot, I cannot remotely describe that year as like, what a successful execution of a, of a theme. (laughs) This episode of Cortex is brought to you by FreshBooks. We are in a new year. Now is the perfect time to think about making the switch to FreshBooks if you haven't already. Look, if you send any invoices, if you do freelancing, if you do contract work, no matter what it is, 
Trust me, you should be using FreshBooks. They will save you so much time, so much aggravation, so much hassle. Every time you log into FreshBooks, there's, their notification center is like a personal assistant waiting for you. You'll always know what's changed in your business since you last logged in and what needs to be dealt with immediately. They automate late payment email reminders so you spend less time chasing payments and more time working your magic. They have everything that you're going to need to make your invoicing and your accounting run smoothly. I have been using FreshBooks for so many years now and continue to be so happy with it. We are very fast approaching our 2000th invoice sent with FreshBooks. I can't even imagine how long it would have taken me if I was trying to do this any other way. I love FreshBooks and I know that you will too. If you ever send invoices to anyone, you should be trying it out. And if you haven't yet, I have an unrestricted 30-day free trial offer available to you because you listen to this show. There's no credit card required to sign up for it. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash cortex. And when they say, how did you hear about FreshBooks? Tell them that you came to them from this show. So that's freshbooks.com slash cortex to get a 30-day free trial of FreshBooks. Trust me, it is worth checking out. We love it here. Our thanks to FreshBooks for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. In our last episode... Mm-hmm. I shared with you my toggle report, and I shared it with our listeners for for twenty seventeen. Kind of just like overview: how do I spend my time? Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, let me take a look at that again, right? So I opened up the image and I took a look at what was going on. I was like, okay, that's a lot of stuff, right? There's a lot of stuff in there, a lot of hours. Like, there's lots of hours, like. 800 hours podcast editing, 50% of my time, that kind of thing. And we had this long conversation about how, you know, like I understand that it seems like a lot and people want to, and then because I shared this publicly, people were like offering their editing services to me and stuff. And we had this long conversation Uh about like, oh, this is like part of my work, blah, 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 right? All that kind of thing. This is an important part. Turns out there were 600 of those hours that were incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) because what happened was i looked at my 2018 and was like i had done 500 hours less of work this year than last year and i was like thinking about 500 is a big number (laughs) and i was like i was like that can't be true like i feel like i've been busier this year like i was like racking my brain and it's like this doesn't make any sense i started comparing the charts and I was like, there's just no way, right? Like, because I had done 400 hours of editing right. this year, and it was 800 the year before. And I was like, what have I gotten rid yeah, of? Yeah, that's like you've lost two or three months of 40-hour work weeks. There yeah. And I, was like, so like, I, was like, I was like, looking at our show, I was like, because Cortex is my biggest editing project, typically. Right. And I was like, we didn't do half the amount of episodes. So I found there was a 600-hour <laughs> editing entry that had been incorrectly just left to run <laughs> at one point. So I fixed that, and now I can actually accurately can compare year over year. And by and large, they are the same. I, I As of right now, I've done about 100 hours of work more this year than last year. Um, mm-hmm. And 67 of those have been video game streaming. So... Mm-hmm. I can look at it and be like, yeah, I know that was a bigger task that I took on this year. It's like, it's a time intensive thing, but it's not labor intensive. It's playing video games, right? Like it's, it's a fun thing, but I do track it because it's now part of like my overall work, right? It's doing Mm -hmm. that. And basically kind of comparing year over year, the breakdown of editing 
recording and prep has been basically exactly the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, I got like 130 hours preparing for shows, 220 hours editing shows, 450 hours recording them. Um, that breakdown, it makes more sense this year than it did the year prior um, and kind mm-hmm. of fits kind of exactly with what I would want it to be. It's also super funny to me to look at my kind of year chart as as it uh-huh. as it is because July's working hours is kind of ridiculous. Every every month is like 100 100 100 120 of logged hours, right? Right. July was 24 because that was when I went on my honeymoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so I'm pleased that I have this data. Again, we'll just use any any time to plug this, right? Like you should be time tracking. Yeah. Uh, because now I can look year over year, but pay attention to it in case you end up with a 600 hour erroneous entry <laughs> like I did. Yeah. I, I do wish uh, Toggle had a feature where they could identify items that are, say, 10 standard deviations away from the norm and be like, I think Me? they do. Like they can email you if something seems weird, but I think I shut all that off because uh, okay, yeah. it was driving me crazy at the beginning. I wouldn't see those emails. Uh, exactly. You know, whatever. But it's, this it, is just interesting because I, again, with like not looking back, I'm not really interested that much in comparing my like 2017 and 2018 numbers. Uh, I took a quick look just because I saw that you were doing it for the show and it's like, oh, yeah, some things are similar. There's been a big jump in what I record as like in-person time, which we can sort of get to later. Like how much time am I spending like one-on-one with another person? Mm-hmm. But as a different view for people who are interested possibly in time tracking, the way I tend to use it when I find most useful with the reports is I like to always be looking at what is the time tracked for the last 10 days rolling and what is the time tracked for the last rolling six weeks so i've I've made like a little web page that i I turned into a separate app with fluid on my mac and it just opens up automatically and it shows me like a running tally of what have you been up to for the Mm -hmm. last six weeks and what have you been up to for the last 10 days and that's that is the way i like to always look at it because i find that provides a sort of motivation on any particular day to like get the numbers right in a, in a way or just like have this look the way that I, I want it to look. But I'm personally much less interested in the historical data. I find it just useful as like, I want to see the reports rolling by and feel like any particular day I can try to make these reports asymptotically approach ideal gray, which is always fundamentally impossible, but it's like a target that you can aim for. What is that word you just used? Asymptotically? Like, um, what is that? In math, it's a it's a function that always approaches a number but never quite reaches a number. Okay. Uh, so this is like a it's a very specific thing, but it's like a curve, and the value on the curve is say always getting closer to one. Mm-hmm. But even if you go out to like infinity, you're still always at like zero point nine 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 nine. Right. Where yeah. I I use that just to try to express the idea that you can never achieve the ideal of what you want your day to be mm-hmm. but you can always be trying to approach it i just think it's it's a fool's errand and i see people do it where they they start time tracking stuff and they're like oh you know my day isn't what i want it to be and they're discouraged and i, I feel very strongly like hey spoiler alert your day is never going to be what you want it to be even even when i'm having like perfect weeks 
it's still not 100% perfect. You can only just approach this idea of perfection, but you can never reach it. And that's fine. Like, that's what that's what life is. But so, yeah. anyway, I just wanted to mention it because that's the way I use it. I find that very actionable and useful uh, to look at it in in that way. I think what this shows and what it continues to show is it doesn't matter what you want to do with the data, mm. but I think most people can find something of use to them in it. Yes. And yeah. like my biggest one is relating how I feel on a day to how much time I've logged on a day yeah. to make me feel better. This is the overwork problem for you? Yeah. Like you feel like overworked? Yeah. Yeah. When I'm like, oh my God, I feel so tired today. Like I really feel like I've had a long day. And then I look at it and then my, my data confirms to me, it kind of makes me feel validated mm-hmm. in a way where I'm like, oh yeah, I logged nine hours of work time today. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so that is like, again, while you may think, oh, I work 12 hour days, this is like nine hours of there's there's nothing else happening. This is like nine hours of I'm sitting and doing something, not like mm-hmm. idling around or taking lunch or talking. Like this is like, this is all the work for the day, right? And those days, like, okay, I feel tired on those days. And it's like, that makes sense to me now. Or when I can look at it and be like, oh, I feel like I had a good day today. And I look, it's like, oh, you did three hours work today. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that kind of daily affirmation type stuff is, is kind of useful to me, as well as looking at it f- from a bigger picture. And I like to look at year over year and see, see the trends that have changed for me. Um, and there have been some for 2018. And, and I'm pretty happy with, with how the breakdown has continued. So... It continues to be a great resource to track your time. Everyone should do it. They should. (laughs) Especially if you're Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-employed. Let's talk about our 2019 themes, our themes for this coming year. I'm very excited, Mike. I want to know what your theme is. I have two. Ooh, okay, okay. They're kind of interesting when put together, and I feel like that they're, they're different enough that they need to be split out. Okay. So the first theme is something that I've been angling towards for a while, and it is the year of stabilization. Oh, that is great. That's a really interesting one. Okay, tell me tell me what this means to you. All right, so some episodes ago, episode 74, I was talking about just some things that I was trying to change in my life, which included like fitness and diet um, and listening to music more. Do you remember that? I was talking about that mm-hmm. stuff. So that mm-hmm. was part of it, right? That was part of trying to find a little bit more peace in my life, I think. And those mm-hmm. were ways to do it. And my fitness, my, my yoga is something that I have not kept up to the level of every single day, but I am keeping up. Um, it's mm-hmm. something that I'm still doing. Unfortunately, I've been struggling with some RSI issues over the last month. And when it's really bad, as it has been, the yoga act actually can make it worse for me. Uh, really? So, yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. This is just a... As you know, flare-ups occur. I was very stupid playing Pokemon with the Switch in my hands mm-hmm. for like four hours, and it ruined me for about two months. Yeah, but you got to catch them all. And I then, do, but I know. should have used the controller to catch them all. I'm, I've, you know, I made a stupid mistake, but I mean, you know this, right? Like if you, if you hurt yourself, everything you do will contribute towards it. So yeah. you kind of just have to weigh it out, and I'm in that phase right now. Because the way to fix it would be stop editing, but I can't do that, right? I can't yeah. stop my life, so I'm in a I'm in a phase right now of like 
getting back to normal and I'm bringing yoga back in again. But I, at the moment, I can't do it every day, which is a shame. But at the same time, I have not spoken about this anywhere because I really don't want to get into it uh, in any specific detail. But I'm eating better and losing weight, which is great. Mm -hmm. So that's just another thing that I'm doing. And that, you know, whilst I feel like I'm frustrated, I'm not doing the yoga, at least I am getting into a better shape um, anyway. So like that's kind of like looking at my fitness and health, stabilizing that because I was not in control of that part of my life. And I feel like I'm getting some control over that. So that's kind of me as a person and trying to stabilize me as a person. And I'm feeling pretty good going into this year about where I am with that right now. But there's also the business stuff. And this year, my company turns five years old. Oh, my God. Really? And so, yes, in August. <sighs> that is hard to believe. That is really hard to believe. So I am in a place right now where... I am not indie anymore, right? Are you the man, Mike? Well, no. I just feel like we are a company now, uh -huh. right? Like, it's not the same anymore. We're like an established thing, and we've been running profitably for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. So we're just a business now. We're a company, and we do what we do. We are independent in the sense of, we don't have investors or anything like right. that. But I just don't think of me and my company in the same way. I am now a small business owner. I'm not like indie self-employed. Like I don't feel like that anymore mm -hmm. um, because it's not new anymore. Like I, I feel like this is who I am and we run a company and our company is becoming more serious over time. Like it's getting more moving parts to it. Um, and so... I want to spend this year making sure that our foundation is in place for the next five years. Hmm. So I am not interested this year in growth. Okay. That is not something that I want to do. Uh, we have a lot going on. We're, we have a, a lot of irons in the fire as it is. And my focus is on making sure that we are doing the very best that we can to serve our current position. So this includes financial growth, but we have been on a steady financial growth percentage year over year for the last four years. And mm -hmm. all signs are indicating that we will probably meet or exceed that growth level again for 2019. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to focus on trying to make that explode this year. Like I don't want, 75 or 100 percent year over year growth I, i'm not interested in that because i know how disruptive that can be and mm -hmm. that's not where i am in my life right now like i want to make sure that we continue to hit the goals that we want to hit as a company but focus on making everything better for everyone involved and that mm -hmm. comes with making sure that we're stable that's my goal. Hmm. That's that's very interesting. Um, if I if if I could maybe phrase it in a particular way, it's it's that you're not like obviously you welcome growth, but you are not optimizing for growth. I'm not seeking. Like you're optimizing. Yeah, you're you're optimizing for something else. Yeah, which is long term 
stability. In other years, we have actively pursued growth opportunities and have been successful right. in that. Uh, but but right now, you know, we're not going to turn any opportunities away if they look good. But mm-hmm. when I am not personally, and this is me, right? Like I am not personally interested in hunting it down because I I feel like we could do a lot of good for our company if we spend some time making sure we're all good. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying that this is the this is just recognizing that you can be in a different phase and mm-hmm. I mean practically by definition a brand new company if it is not optimizing for growth is just going to fail. Like there's a yeah. there's a point that you just have to grow and that has to be the number one thing on your mind is this yep. thing has to increase. Yeah, and I would say that we have set in place a path to grow every year. We did that, and that has, mm-hmm. is continuing. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we've got all of that in place. You know, like we want to develop some systems this year, which will allow us to grow more easily in the future. Mm. And I have ideas for what I might want to do or what we might want to do in 2020, 2021 about like how mm-hmm. we continue to grow our company. But that, I believe, requires taking stock beforehand yeah but i guess what what i mean is that I, like i'm thinking of you know when people hear about the startup world and you mm-hmm. and you hear these things that are crazy about how companies are focused on growth not profitability mm-hmm. right and, and and you think like but wait isn't the whole point of a company to make money like how, how on earth how on earth can a company be focused on growth and not profitability it's like well because it's just a different phase it's a different phase of it and if it doesn't grow fast enough like it can just fade out or if relay hadn't grown to support you and steven and also pay all the hosts like that would have been a much bigger problem so Mm -hmm. i I think it's really interesting that you i mean again like i can't quite conceptualize that relay is five years old it's still you know it's one of those funny things where it still feels very new to me but i also know that it's been around for a while i've started to notice recently Mm -hmm. we're not the new kids on the block anymore yeah and that kind of change in 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 how i think that we're perceived which isn't a problem like nothing bad has happened but it's just we're not new anymore so that's kind of what has has started to make me think more about like how we're not this like indie startup anymore. We're we're established, and if we're established, maybe we should make sure that we're established. Right. I think that's the perfect way to put it. Like, if you are established, you should actually make sure that your company is really established, mm-hmm. that it it has processes in place that can ensure future success and future growth. But there's a big difference in a company that is established that has a lot of people working with it and how does that thing grow versus how how does the thing that you're just stringing together with shoelaces and duct tape like how does that grow those are two mm-hmm. very fundamentally different questions well that's really that's really interesting that's that's really interesting but i have a second theme yeah how does it tie into the second one so stability for me personally Mm-hmm. It includes some slightly different things to stability for Relay FM. Mm-hmm. Stability for Relay FM is is you know as we spoke about like making sure everything's in place. But stability for me is maybe looking at ways to ensure my long term stability 
as somebody who can continue to be self-employed. Okay. So this may include the need to diversify my personal income a little bit. Because Hmm. right now, my income is all tied up in podcast advertising. So basically where it all comes from. Just terrifying. I'm not scared about it. But (laughs) it is a risk area, right? Like all my eggs are are in that basket. Right. So I've been thinking a lot about ways to try and take what I'm doing now and find natural places that I can move to in business, right? So we got talking about this a while ago because we kind of started to stumble on an idea Mm -hmm. which became CortexMerch.com. CortexMerch.com. Okay, thank you. And I started to talk to you and we started to have these conversations about like merchandise is a a thing that exists in the world Mm -hmm. and it seems that YouTubers are doing lots of it to great success like this is a this is a thing that exists of like not just here is a t-shirt with our podcast logo on it which yeah. i do for many shows and it's awesome but that's not really a sustainable business that is a we are selling merch for this period of time so you can wear t-shirts at our live shows or whatever right it is it is adjunct to it is mm-hmm. a, it is a subsection of the existing podcaster youtube audience yeah but yeah we we've we've seen people broaden out from that in interesting Mm -hmm. ways and i was thinking we're pretty creative and we have some interesting ideas i like to think so (laughs) so maybe we should do this and there was a test case Mm -hmm. which was the subtlety yes the very successful subtlety and that's why we feel pretty confident that this is something we can try and do. That, that, that T-shirt sold better than I thought it was going to. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea behind the subtlety was, here is an item of clothing that is intended to be a little bit more traditionally stylish, mm-hmm. right? So it uses our logo, but not emblazoned in gold foil across your chest as a funny mm-hmm. thing, right? It's like, here is a t-shirt that looks nice. And all of, I have been really happy about the feedback that we got for that shirt because a lot of my friends said to me, this is now my favorite podcast t-shirt because I can wear it whenever I want. And I'm like, mm-hmm. exactly. So mm-hmm. me and Gray are starting a company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we are. And it's called Cortex Brand. That's the name of our company. And we are just beginning with this. We have some ideas for some products for over the next year. But we're working on making sure that they are where we want them to be. And we have some exciting stuff that we're working on. Yeah, it's been very I would say this is this is embryonic at the mm-hmm. moment. Like it's it's out in the world and we have a bunch of stuff that is in development, but it is something that is new. And it is small, but it's small after this successful test with the subtlety to see, like, let's make a shirt where the Cortex logo is a is a brand in the way that you could see with other clothing brands. Yep. That it's it's not it is not obviously here is a shirt where you are a fan of the thing. It's a it's a shirt that has a logo on it, like many shirts do. And so, like, yes, embryonic stage is a great way to put it. 
And you may think, well, why are we talking about it right now? Well, because mm-hmm. the idea is, wouldn't it be interesting for us to talk about the business that we're starting on our show where we talk <laughs> about side projects? So that's why yeah. we're, we're talking about it now, because we are just beginning this journey. Like, So Cortex brand is just beginning. Yeah, really just beginning. Like, like I think as of, as of the time of recording, we signed some paperwork yesterday to make mm-hmm. things super official mm-hmm. about what's what's really occurring but yeah there's actual paperwork an actual company uh as a like a separate entity yep it's like it's a thing that we own together and we're gonna go through this process talking about it on the show like what it is gonna be like for us to build this company and mm-hmm. where it's gonna go and the things that we want to do and Something that I am really keen to do is to find interesting people who do interesting things to collaborate with to try and make products. And let me be clear, right? Like, we're not just talking about T-shirts here. Mm -hmm. We are open to making anything Mm -hmm. if we think that it fits with the Cortex brand. Yeah, and we have things in development that are not T-shirts. Exactly, many things. Very excited about. (laughs) And like, so our our thinking, kind of like the overall idea of what Cortex brand is, is it's products for people like us. So nerdy people who want something that speaks to them without having to shout to the world that they're nerdy. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that's a, it's that's kind of like the the, the main idea that we're trying to put across right now. So this could yeah. be anything. Mm-hmm. So we are looking for collaborators, people that make stuff that they think could fit into this, artists that think that they may have something that could work quite nicely with a product that we're trying to develop. This is something we will talk about more in the future as we start to flesh more ideas out. But if mm. you are somebody who makes something that you think could be of interest to us, we want to know. And we have an email address. So just email business at cortexbrand.com. We do not want you to send specific pitches for things. We're not asking for you to work for free. Send in examples of stuff that you do. If you have any ideas, tell me what they are. Yeah. I want to hear from you. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not looking for finished products here. And no. it's like we're looking for someone like a designer with an interesting portfolio. Mm-hmm. That's like that's that's the idea. And then someone who, who, who thinks that they have something that could, could fit in with this. Yeah, like maybe you sell stuff on Etsy that you think Mm -hmm. would be of interest to the larger Cortex audience. And this is the thing is we don't know what that stuff is, which is why we want to hear from people. Like I want to see and I want want ideas and we want to work with people. Yeah. So business at cortexbrand.com. I've got to say like it's a, I don't know, it's, it's exciting. And also terrifying to actually sure. talk about it uh-huh. on on the show because we've been discussing it for a while. Also in this phase where we 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 have an idea, but but it's like also looking for people to collaborate. It's a little bit terrible. Like I am much more in my world, Mike. I prefer for things to be like done and we know what it is and 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 it has mm-hmm. these boundaries and then like and then the project is announced that's the way oh, i me like too. things <laughs> me too i.e fiction project right yeah exactly and this this really feels like i don't know not not quite but uh, but way closer to the end of the spectrum of like 
oh, we've had a couple conversations and we've 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 sketched out a few things on napkins. Like, yep. it's not there, but it's way closer to that end of the spectrum of then talking about the idea than that. Quite frankly, I am comfortable with. Me too. But, um, I this right. is like uh, my I'm like losing my mind right now talking about this. But we have to yeah. talk about it now. But we do. No, I like, like it needs I agree to be with now. you. We have to talk about it now because we have been talking about it for a while. But listeners, like I cannot convey how terrifying it is to you for me to discuss a project which is not complete in any way. <laughs> and it's like, oh, here's this thing we're going to try. But like this is part of the other reason we want to talk about it is this is so weird for us to talk yeah. about and but yeah. we do believe and i do really feel that there could be some stuff that's of great interest to listeners of the show and hearing what it's like for us to start a company that we hope will work yeah that's exactly it so cortex <laughs> brand that this is it it's coming at you and so once again if you have any ideas this could just be like you might not even make something but you think oh i know what i would like to see business mm-hmm. at cortexbrand.com but there is one one last part of the year of diversification. Mm-hmm. I, this year, will start the process of getting an out-of-home studio. Oh. To work from. Really? Yeah. A, yeah. Like a proper, your own your own glass cube to work no, out of? No, not a glass like? cube. Definitely not one of those. Like, I want real brick walls, but... Oh, okay. I, uh... I am just aware of over the next few years, it is potentially likely that I will lose the room in my house that is the office to somebody else, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be blindsided by this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to make sure that I am in my own place for long before we need to give this room up. That's a great idea. I am... I don't know how to begin, uh, but I figure I'm going to try and find a real estate agent and move on from there. Uh, And this is just, you know, I don't know if 2019 will be the year that I find a place, but 2019 Mm -hmm. is the year I'm going to begin the process because I'm going to wait until I find a thing that's right for me. And that's why I'm doing it now. So I don't have to rush. Yeah. This is the, this is the right way to do this Mm -hmm. is to is to like uh let's here let's say as someone who has rather hastily moved from glass cube to glass cube that is a terrible way to do it right the way the way that you're doing it is much better of start surveying the landscape before you have pressure to do it especially in your case where when you say like you're looking for a studio outside the house you have many more requirements as someone who is dealing with audio and yeah. recording than just a regular workspace, which makes your search task ten times harder than mm-hmm. oh, I just need a I just need a place to work during the day, and I don't want annoying people around me. Yeah, I need very specific things. Do you, like, what do you have an idea in your head of of what ultimately you would want? Like, what the uh, like your goal of of what would be an ideal studio? Like, okay, here's here's my question. Would you want a place where people could record in person with you? Is that the kind of thing you're looking for? Or are you just looking for something for yourself? I want an office that's big enough that it can be kind of like compartmentalized. Okay. What do you mean? That I would have like a working area and a recording area, you know, like Mm -hmm. space if I ever wanted to make YouTube videos that I could do it. 
right? Like I, I kind of want a place that I would be in for multiple years and could could change with me. I'm mm-hmm. not looking for a small room that I can soundproof, okay. right? Like that's not what I want. I, I want a, a bigger space um, where I'm able to kind of stretch out a little bit, you know? Bigger than my current office, right? Like in my home, you know. It's not very big that office. It's not now. very big. It's a, it's a, it's a single bed bedroom, effectively. Yeah, a a London single bed bedroom, like it's... yes, that's a good <laughs> clarification. Oh, yeah, listener, whatever you have in your head, trust me, it's it is a room that you can fit a bed in. <laughs> Just to help you understand, I mean, this isn't great for everybody else. I want something that's probably about three times bigger than my office currently. Okay. Which is an office. All right. So you are you are looking for a yeah, like a studio, a place mm-hmm. with space. Mm-hmm. Huh. How interesting. I can soundproof anything, right? Like mm-hmm. I've seen your setup, right? Like I know it's possible to to soundproof a space. But mm-hmm. to be honest, I think that, that with the equipment that I use, um, I wouldn't need to go to the lengths necessarily that you did because plus i would be very careful about where i'm moving to but you know i can soundproof whatever needs to be soundproofed but i i ideally want to have a space that is mine to expand into um as Mm. opposed to like getting six months down the line and regretting that it's too small Huh. You know, and I live in the out the, the the near to outer rim, as you call it. So, like, you know, <laughs> you're much closer rim now than you used to be. Yeah, but I'm still in a part of London where, again, there's not a lot necessarily a lot of this type of space. But the space that there is is, I think, is is more affordable than where you are. Yeah. So I will struggle to find stuff more, but when I do, I will probably be able to get more bang for my buck. Yeah, there's there's a reason why I'm in a glass cube. And it's yeah. because being in the very center of London, to get a space that's the size of what you're looking for, like I just, I simply could not afford it. Uh, it's no, just, it's no, crazy. no, it would be it, right? Um, like that would be it. I'd be done. Nothing more for me. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's kind of uh, the, the other part of the the year of diversification. It's diversifying my space. Oh, interesting. I look forward to hearing about your hunt for space. Oh, I'm sure you will. It's very easy, Mike. It always works Mm -hmm. out just perfectly the first time. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by our friends over at Hover, who are celebrating their 10-year anniversary this January. With Hover, you can find the domain that shows the world who you are and what you are passionate about. So, for example, when we were getting everything ready to announce Cortex Brand, I went and got CortexBrand.com on Hover because... They are the perfect place to go to to find the domains that you're looking for. They give you all of the options that you need. So if they, the .com isn't available, they have over 400 other domain options that you can choose from to find the perfect domain to fit your purposes. And they make it so, so easy to register. They make it really simple to set up things like email, to set up forwarding and all of that wonderful stuff. Hover really, really are amazing. No matter what type of project you're planning on, they're going to be perfect for you. And talking about that 10-year anniversary, I genuinely believe I have been a Hover customer for basically that entire time that they've been around. They're a breath of fresh air in the domain industry when they launched, and they have continued to keep that level of quality and that level of service going for the whole time. One of my favorite things about Hover is they allow you to keep your domain separate from your hosting, so you never have to get stuck with a hosting service that doesn't meet your needs. They have a 
best-in-class customer support. They have personalized email, and they also do no upsells, and they have a clean user interface throughout. I really, really love Hover for these reasons and many more. So to celebrate their 10-year anniversary, Hover have some amazing promotions this month. From January 16th to January 30th, they're going to be doing .com domains for $10, $10 domains for email, and $10 domain transfers, and they even have some 99-cent domains available. So keep watch on the Hover website or on their social media channels to see when these offers go live. Go to hover.com slash 10 years to find out more. That is hover.com slash 10years or just go to hover.com, register that domain you're looking for. They're always amazing for that stuff, but make sure you keep an eye on that page from January 16th to January 30th to get your hands on one of these great offers. I love Hover. Hey, Hover. Happy anniversary. You're all the best. We think you're amazing over here. Thanks for making it so easy for us to register the domains that we're looking for. Thank you to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so come on then. What is the 2019 thing? I should say, like, just to, to underscore this, we do not share these with each other in advance. Like, the first time we are finding out about our yearly themes is right now. These are the yeah. this Gray is, I've never mentioned to Gray my themes, and I have no idea what his is going to be. Yeah, and and again, I'm always kind of annoyed because I want to talk about these themes in September. <laughs> and you're like, la, 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 we can't talk about them now and don't nope. tell me anything about it, right? And it's nope. like, God damn it. January uh, <laughs> 1st is the perfect time. Uh, September, it just feels so right. It's summer's past. Yeah, but now you've had a few months to test it out maybe and work out if it is the right theme for you. So great. Well, God damn it, Mike. Okay, so... I'm sort of annoyed with you because you have you have such you have such an orderly bullet pointed set of things that you want to talk about and I'm I'm here with a real vague mess for my theme again. Um I guess I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you the name first. For me this is the year of reorder. So, hmm. as I've been dropping hints all the past year, I knew that the year of order was not going to be a single year. The year of order yes. was going to be a much longer project. You did say that. I remember that. That was something that kept coming up in our, in <laughs> yeah. our check-ins. Like, oh, <laughs> think it might last a little longer. <laughs> well, it's partly because I wanted to set expectations, right, for people mm-hmm. that they need to understand that uh, I think my exact words are like, well, a year. Sometimes it's more than one year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which is a, makes no sense. Um. So there's there's a part of it which is very, very straightforward, which is with the year of order having been just a total disaster, uh, I want to give it a, a second go. And it's very interesting hearing you talk about year of stability, because there are there are some ways in which like I feel those same thoughts that you do of like stability. Oh, that sounds really nice. Um, and I feel like I've had this this really chaotic period for really what has now been almost like two years. And so this, the straightforward part of it is year of order, but again, and hopefully much more successful. Uh, I already I already dread I already dread like future gray 
at the end of 2019 and what he's going to be saying about it. No, don't think of it that way. You're going to do it. <laughs> well, I ju- it's only because I had such a disparate experience between the last year and last year theme. Uh, and it's like, oh, I think back to the halcyon days of the year of less as like, oh, that was great. But here's here's why I'm calling it reorder. So I, th- I think I always have like complicated brackets around it, but like the re is in brackets around order. Okay. And so I've been thinking a lot about like, why is it that I've had this period of chaos or I, f- I feel like, oh, things have been just like, it's hard to maintain a schedule or there's always something that's like happening i don't like that i too want more order in my life and let me back up there are some things that i i think of as the foundational ideas of being gray of like what what is it what at the very core are some of the things that i think are like the most important about living a life. And one of these foundational ideas to me is, I'll express it in many ways, but it's, it's fundamentally this idea, like you don't owe your past self anything. Like that guy, he was some other guy. And many times in my life, I feel like I've gone through a phase where there's very clearly like a sharp transition between like, oh, there was an old person and there's a new person. And uh, you know, for readers of my blog, they may remember that a long time ago, I wrote an article called I Have Died Many Times, where I tried to express oh, yeah. this idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you remember that article, I Mike? Do. I, I do remember that. <laughs> uh, I, I won't read it now because I feel like the guy who wrote that is already gone. I'm not interested in what he had to say. But it, it, is, it is a place where I tried to sit down and express this, this idea. And so when I think about the transition times, it's like very clearly high school to college was one of the most big and important transition times. And I even remember as a kid really feeling it then where everyone's going around and signing each other's yearbooks and like, oh, We'll stay in touch forever. We're such great friends. Yep. And 18-year-old Gray is like, in the optimal case, I will never see almost all of you ever again. Um, like, you know, like, goodbye. And, like, a whole new person is going to be born in the next phase. And there's good things about being that way, and there's bad things about being that way. But I have found it useful, and I have found it useful to cultivate this idea that you can be a new and different person. But most of these most of these changes have come with a very obvious change in location. So like high school to college, right? college to London, like this this is another big change or like a change in career of unemployed person to teacher. And then later in that time, teacher to person desperately trying to become anything other than a teacher. And then, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah. new YouTuber. Podcaster. <laughs> Podcaster. 
But I mention all of this because I've been thinking about it a lot. And this summer, this past summer in particular, I feel like I finally realized something that in retrospect seems obvious, but has taken me a long time to really figure out. And it's that I am going through another one of these little changes in life again, where it's like, oh, there's where the previous me, I have no interest in his concerns or his goals or his targets. And there, and it's, it's like waking up again as a new person in the same way that transitioning from high school to college was a very intentional, like, I'm going to, I'm going to drive up to college. I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to wake up. And that guy has nothing to do with the guy who came before. And I can peg it very exactly, which was the summer of gray part one and three, uh, and part two soon, any day, any day now soon, I'm sure. Like that summer a year and a half ago that a couple things happened. Like I, I started a new venture with some other people. And I also at that point really started to recognize the value of spending time with and talking to other interesting people in my field. And just I started to just, I think, be a very different sort of person without recognizing that I was really going through a a kind of transition at that point in time. And I think it's become very clear to me that that is partly why I have had this, this chaotic and somewhat very frustrating and unsatisfying time since that summer, like 18 months ago, and now. And it's why I was originally like, I'm going to have a year of order. I'm going to get things all set and straight. Was was feeling this discord. And I call it the year of reorder because I do want to do year of order again, but I'm very consciously trying to figure out, okay, who is the person that I am now? Like, I don't... Like pre-2017, I feel like I identified very strongly with the guy who had been a teacher and who was struggling very hard to become not a teacher. And then the person who was trying very hard to double down and triple down on the thing that had worked and grow his online presence and all the rest of that. And now when I think back to that person... It feels very much like the way when I think back to who I was when I first moved to London. Like a guy I knew, but I don't personally identify with that. And I just think because between 2017 and now, there wasn't any obvious physical transition. There wasn't really like a big moment that made this very clear. I just didn't realize that I was going through like another one of these phases again. And so reorder also means to me, like, I am trying to refigure out what are my actual priorities and goals and what are the things that I want to do now that I am this person that a past version of me set out to become. That now that I have, like, woken up as a person who is self-employed 
has several successful projects and has a lot of control over his time and what he can spend his time doing. And so I feel like I'm, I'm leaving myself very open to thinking about that. And I'm also a little worried because I've been talking for a while and I'm very concerned that I sound like a crazy person. So can I, can I take like a dipstick now with Mike and see like, how, how do I sound? Do I sound like a lunatic in this moment? It doesn't sound too far away from what I'm doing. Okay. It feels pretty close to like my stabilization idea, right? Well, I was thinking that when you were talking, yeah. Yeah, you're taking some time now to take stock of what you have and focus on the things you care about. Like it's not it's not too far away honestly from what from what I'm doing as well. But yours is uh, it has a little bit more to it, which is is pretty interesting to me, the, like the idea of seeing yourself as a new person, which I don't necessarily think of as 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 me, right? Like I just mm-hmm. feel like I've kind of steadily transitioned and advanced into like the different phases that would naturally occur through somebody running a business. But you mm-hmm. are in a very different position, very, very different position uh, now to when you started in YouTube because now creating YouTube videos is not the most, most very, very important thing to do to continue living. Like your life has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have your fingers in many pies now, which are all pretty successful. So it's diversified <laughs> uh, what what you're all about. And and I I totally get it. Like I get the idea that you did not get to do what you wanted last year, so you're giving it another go to create the order. But also mm. the idea of reordering your life to fit the priorities that you have, I think it's a good one. It's hippy dippy, right? In uh, the idea I, I hate of that so much, but yeah, of <laughs> you like being this butterfly uh, who's broken out of the shell of the previous man. Um, but the metaphor's good, so you know I think it could stand. Yeah, I mean, I I, te- I tend to think of it much more as like burning down the past and not caring about it. And like I have a I have an example of I don't know if I've ever really discussed this on the show, but a thing a thing that I do that I just like okay, well I'm just going to set a torch to this and start over. But I I've kept for a long time a document on my computer that I I just call like the gray guide, which. Sort of like the year themes are intended to be unstructured. They're useful in their unstructuredness. Uh, the Grey Guide was just a like a, a pages document where I sort of just wrote out some of the general things like, what do I think are good ideas for how I want to be or act? Or if like, like I came across a quote that made me think about something in an interesting way that I thought was useful, like, oh, I'll put that in there. Or... I would just write down some things I felt like, oh, here's a little lesson I learned from this interaction. Like, it's not, it's very unstructured, which was the whole point of it. It makes me so happy to think of the idea that you have a manual. <laughs> I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, I guess you're totally right. Like, it is it is the manual. It's like, oh, this, this gray is acting up. <laughs> Let me just check the manual. Ah, oh, that's why. I'll get it now. <laughs> But it's a document that I've been maintaining for, I mean, since I was a teacher, probably, like it started. Mm -hmm. And I would review it maybe like once a month on average, just kind of go through it and look at all of this stuff and think about if anything needed to be changed. And 
this summer when I kept having this this feeling of like, oh, I'm waking up again. At some point, I I took a look at the gray guide and I was like, well, select all, delete. Like all of this is just gone. Doesn't apply anymore. Yeah, like I'm not interested in reinforcing these old ideas. Well, it's, it's like I've seen you change. You know, mm-hmm. like well, over the time I've known you, you've changed a lot. You know, like the your kind of approach to social interactions and how much time you're willing to spend on them has definitely changed. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not surprised that a a document which has a lot in it about how you interact in social situations will not apply anymore. Yeah. Or even just like things that I thought were useful to know. It's like, oh, I've either internalized that or I just don't yeah. want to reinforce this. Yeah, I, I can imagine you look at something like that and be like, yeah, well, of course, right? Because by that point, you have made it part of your thinking permanently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's just an example of a place where I feel like, oh, I want to just get rid of all of this stuff from past me like i'm just not interested Mm -hmm. anymore in what he had to think about these things so i was like goodbye and start over afresh and now i have a document that has basically nothing in it but i'll I'll keep doing the same thing going forward in the future but that that's like a an example of i'm trying very hard to hold on to this feeling because I, i think one of the reasons why i wanted to make it a year theme is In an alternate universe where I was just a person on my own in the world, this is the time when I would move. Like I would move to a different city and just totally burn down everything. Like everything about my life up until this point, goodbye and just start over. Hmm. But because now like I'm an adult in the world and as as you grow up, like you have more connections to things like that's just not practically possible for me to do. And so that's part of why, like, I want to have it as the theme, because since I can't just be in a new environment, I want to have this as a thing that's running in the back of my mind, that it is this sort of start over. And while I'm interested and I want to have more order and more regularity and a regular schedule in my life, because I think that that is a good thing to have. I'm doing it with the idea of what is the schedule that the current me wants to set up and what is the schedule that the current me will find most valuable. And I think that's part of also my frustration last year in the year of order was a number of times I kind of had this feeling that I think I can recognize now as I'm I'm trying to impose the goals and the targets of the earlier version of me, like the guy who was trying to establish this much more clearly. And I think that's also partly didn't help in in trying to achieve that target. So I don't know. I really do. Like, I hate so much how hippy dippy this sounds, but it's a conversation I've been having with people during the summer and and until now. And I feel like some people get it very strongly. They like they resonate very clearly with this this feeling of waking up anew sometimes and just mm-hmm. feeling like, "Oh, I've just appeared in this scenario. What is the what is the best way to act from here on out and my previous concerns don't matter." So, 
I hope that this resonates with some of the audience, but I'm aware, again, from personal conversations that some people go like, I don't understand at all what you're talking about. And it sounds, it sounds crazy to feel disassociated from your past so sharply and, and so strongly. But I can, I can really put that mark at like, Summer of Grey was the start of a thing and it just took me a little while to recognize like I'm going through one of these things again. So that's, uh, that's, that's part of my, that's I, my year uh, theme here. Maybe I'm in on this in the way that you mentioned, but I really don't think that this sounds as crazy as you think it does. <laughs> like you've just entered a new stage of your life. Like that's what's happened. And this happens to everyone. Yeah. I feel yeah. like, you know, like there are, there are certain times in your life where you're like, okay, so like, oh, you know, for a lot of people, like, oh, I just got my own home. It's a big change. Mm-hmm. I'm married now. It's a big change. Or I've met the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Like, that's a big change, mm. right? Or like you're starting a family. It's a big change. Like all of these things, like they will make huge impacts on someone. One of the others is started a new business. It's mm-hmm. a big change. I'm involved yeah, in new ventures. Big change. big change, right? Like, oh, I've stumbled across something that was fun for me, but has turned out that it's a big part of my income, right? Like big change. You are in like in that business realm, you're in like a few of those pots right now. Like it is not surprising to me that you've been like, okay, CGP grade's not this person anymore. Like part of me is that guy, but his priorities are different to mine now. Right. Cause you, you're doing more stuff, which is not just the stuff that people see. Like you are, doing things you are doing different businesses like you are working on more projects now than you probably ever have especially more public projects than you've ever had before so i'm not surprised that like you are changing along with that yeah i mean f- for sure it's the like the number of concurrent things is large which is partly why in the last episode i was talking about like the just the logistical difficulty of managing multiple threads <laughs> like there's a lot going on at any particular mm-hmm. point but again, I would describe it as like this feeling of, oh, I've appeared in the world as a person who has a big YouTube channel, right? And it's like, okay. And who has podcasts with a big audience and who has these other ventures. And just to just to think of them in a very detached and abstract way of like, okay, how do I want to work with these various things? And possibly to calm down uh, fans of the YouTube channel, like... This ties into, I mentioned on a previous show, how my separation from the internet was a, was like a bridge project between the two yearly themes. It's the same thing of, I want to be detached from, again, this is so hard to talk about, but there's, there is this phenomenon where like when you are a person who makes things in public People want to tell you what you are. And part of my wanting to step back from the internet was was lining up with this idea of the year of reorder of I want to be detached from the audience telling me what I am. And like you know, I made two videos while I was away. And I was doing those two videos, again, almost in a very different 
way of like approaching them as though I hadn't made videos before. And it's like, oh, I know that there are ways that I have made videos in the past, but let me try something different here. And I think, you know, very attentive listeners could hear. It's like, I was going to the library and like looking at old books. And this is a very different kind of thing, but I was intentionally approaching it that way. And I made these two videos. And it's like, man, I just loved the process of making these two videos. And I put them out in the world. I was like, I'm really happy to have uploaded these videos. I'm really pleased with the way those two came out. I'm so happy with them. But I'm also very happy to not have seen how the world reacts to them because I'm trying to focus on this idea of how do, how do I feel about it? The answer is, I feel great. And I'm sure, you know, like anytime you release one of these things to a very large audience, like there's lots of people who hate it for whatever reason. But it's just like, oh, okay, I feel really good about this. And it's like, okay, that's a thing that I want more in life or... And not hearing back from the audience is a key part of that. Like, I don't want their thoughts to push me in a particular way while I feel like I'm in this little bit of a transition. Uh, Like, oh, I tried something new and, oh, people really don't like it this way. And now it makes me feel worse about a thing that I judged as good for me. Like, I'm just trying to avoid that whole feedback. And it's been the same thing with the podcast of like, We put out a podcast. I really hope people like it. But the only thing that I'm left with is my own judgment of the thing. And then, you know, if we're talking about the show, like what you think of, you think about it as well. Mm -hmm. I mentioned another example of a thing that I did very deliberately differently, which is I'm, I'm working on another video. And I actually took a trip that involves going to places that the video is about yeah, as part of just the background process of making the video. Like immersing yourself in the idea, right? Yeah, yeah. Immerse, that's a good way to put it. Like I'm being immersed in the idea. Was that necessary for the video that I'm going to make? Almost no. certainly not. Like, right? <laughs> it wasn't. It was not. Yeah. Listeners, Mike does know what this is what this is about and, and yeah. I think he th- he thinks it's kind of hilarious, but it's it's I, mean, I encouraged it but still thought it was ridiculous. You you encouraged it with a twinkle in your eye, right, which is like <laughs> hee hee hee. Um is the way I Yeah, would but little it. did I know how much disruption on my life that trip would incur. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's again ripple, ripples in the pond, but <laughs> but that's a but it's a, just another example of Past Gray mm-hmm. would never in a thousand years have said, oh, it makes any sense to spend 10 days driving around between a bunch of different locations th- that are related to a thing that you're doing with no clear goal or target for what you're trying to achieve. You know, Looking at stuff like, you could have found in books. Yeah, like right? this entire project yeah. could have been done through books. This is not necessary in any way. Um, And specifically because of that, I felt like I want to try to do this in this different way. And it's like, in some sense, it's totally a disaster because it has dramatically delayed and expanded the scope of the project, right? But it doesn't, I feel fine with that because like, I wanted to try something that was just different. And then I'm going to assess how how do I feel about that in the end? Um, 
and so I don't know. I, I really, I have some vague ideas about how I think this will work, but I, I don't, I don't want to specifically say anything now because that, that really defeats the whole purpose of the project. It's like, here's how I think I want to be different in the future. Right. Like, well, no, um, I'm still, I'm still figuring that out in the moment, but it is also the reason why, uh, come September when I was ready to talk about themes, I, I also brought down the, like the iron curtain of isolation from the internet. It's like, okay, this is the start of this thing. Oh, and I'm going away. Okay. Yeah, it okay. makes sense now, doesn't okay, it, Okay, now I get it. Yep, I get it now. I get we weren't it. Allowed, we weren't allowed to talk about themes, so nope. I wasn't allowed to tell you. But yeah, that's, that's why I'll it happened right then. I'll try and put right this on me. <laughs> Look, I didn't, I didn't want there to be spoilers. Mm-hmm. The, the thing with the internet is also just, it's so related to this to me because of this phenomenon of... You're not just doing things, you're doing things, and then there's this, this audience reaction. And I felt that I've, I've needed a period of time where I don't have this audience reaction, where I don't have the thing where people tell you what they want you to be, right? Or for everything that you release, they're like, this is how it should have been, it should have been this way or that way. Like, I just wanted a period of time where I didn't have that. That's also partly why this isolation from the internet is a is like a transitional project between the total failed year of order into the year of reorder. Is the internet project over? Uh, I mean, do you really want to get into it, Mike? <laughs> I mean, it honestly it feels like something we should delve into a little more, but mm-hmm. like high level are you tight are you loosening it are you staying the same high level i'm not ready to come back all right that's that's my feeling is uh, i've actually been dreading the approach of january which is like the end of the project I i think this is wrapped up in a lot of stuff though because like of course you're going to of course i'm going to what dread it like of yeah. course, like it's terrifying, because when you do, if you do, to people that follow you, it's gonna be an event, and making that kind of like reappearance is like a it's like a thing that you will have to go through. So like it's gonna be a tough transition to go back to that eventually yeah it's not going to be a great transition back under any circumstances but i've been i've been dreading it because and that's why like we're talking about our january year themes for the year right i don't feel remotely like i'm done here and i think that i'm still in a phase where this isolation is good and i don't know i also I feel like I, I particularly left at a good time where, I don't know, there just seemed like there was a lot more, particularly on like Reddit, 
uh, like speculation about my private life and personal life and things. And I was like, this is a great time to go away. I don't want to deal with any of this. And I don't want people giving me feedback about my work for a little while. And I just want to disappear and do this whole like reorder thing. And I just, I'm really not ready yet to actually come back. I do have, we don't need to go into details now because it doesn't really matter, but like low level, I am, I am mulling over ways to, instead of having like, oh, I'm back, I'm back from my hiatus to do a much more gradual transition. Uh, like that's something that's on my mind. Yeah. I I would assume that you will begin by bringing back some stuff that was just your consumption. Right. Yeah. It's like as a way to yeah. like start stepping into it. Like, you know, maybe you just go to places that you've not been to in a while, you know, and, and it, instead mm. of it being like, send tweet, Gray's back, right? Like as your first thing, <laughs> it's maybe a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a bad idea. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But it's, I think part of it is, is also, I had anticipated that uh, by this point, I would have had a, a couple more videos out by the time January right, was going to roll right. around. Okay. And <laughs> partly because of my idiotic idea to go traveling <laughs> around, right? It's like, well, that's a worse idea. The plan was there should have been two more videos by now, but that just didn't happen. And that also is partly why I feel like I'm not quite ready Okay, because I did want to do a few more productions where it's the same thing. Th- those videos have to, to 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 come out before you would even start to think about it, because this is part of the idea, right? Is like seeing does this actually? Because you know y- you enjoyed the process of those two videos; it was great. But was that just because it was the first ones? Like maybe you need to do some more, right? I get it. That is exactly right. That that's exactly what it is. It's like well. The production of those two, and as I discussed at the time, like maybe it was a fluke for various reasons. Yes. And it's why I want to do a bit more. I actively encourage that thinking. I think that you are taking the best course of action for yourself right now. I, I, I think that, that, that genuinely, like I think that if you had a plan and you've not saw it through yet, I think you really need to do that before you can move forward. I, th- I think that this is probably the best course of action. That's very interesting, Mike, because I know that when we have discussed this in person, you you have mostly been like, you've got to come back to the internet. You do like- have to come back. <laughs> I, I believe you really do need to come back at some point. Right. But you haven't expressed to me this idea about the videos and like how that ties into it. So mm-hmm. I think that you shouldn't do it until you're at a point where you have at least achieved what you originally set out to do, which was to make some productions under this like veil and if you've not right considering you've only you know really done one i mean it's two videos but they were like pretty pretty tightly yeah, they linked. were a project yeah i think you need to have more done beforehand um i do 100 percent think that you need to come back to the internet in some form um right i mean genuinely <laughs> i i believe that you at least need to have more uh promotion methods than you do currently right like i think that it's important for you in the future um mm-hmm. i also do believe that like while i completely support your uh idea of why you would maybe want to step away from some internet communities that ultimately some way of 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 getting feedback where you want it uh in a way that fits you would be 
ultimately beneficial, but I think it might be a new method, maybe. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Like I, I do. I'm, I'm going to come back at some point. Yep. But it, it feels like it's too, it's too soon. I will say personally, this has flown by. This, this whole thing has, <laughs> has gone by pretty quickly. Like, yeah. I, I didn't even realize that now should have been the time until you mentioned it. Yeah. It has gone by far too fast. <laughs> um, and I, and again, I do I do feel like being separated from the audience reactions, and and always what what I think of as like the Hank Green indicator of like when the audience is talking about you once you reach a certain size, as opposed to the audience is talking to you. That is a really weird phase to go through. Yeah, and it's like I never like I I never. With the Reddit in particular, like I never really wanted that phase to happen, but in September, like it was, it was approaching like a hundred thousand subscribers on the subreddit, and I think I've tried really, really hard to keep it a place where people feel like they're talking to me, they're not talking about me, but at some scale, it just becomes it becomes so hard to manage. It's weird to hear you say that because honestly, like. I I love the subreddit because it can be very useful, but I have always felt that way um, since we started this show, that like there is the way that conversation occurs there is so different to other platforms that I'm a part of where there is conversation that is happening about you and the work as opposed to in every other like feedback mechanism that I have, it's direct. Right. So like people yeah. are talking to me. I mean, I noticed this with YouTube comments as well. Right. Like we were talking about this, that like it eventually becomes that people stop saying like, hey, I like this thing that you did to be like, what is this thing he's doing? Yeah, right? exactly. That there becomes a we're talking to each other as opposed to we're talking to the creator. And Reddit mm-hmm. has always had that feeling for me because I guess for you it grew slowly, where for me I kind of just like stepped in and it was already a thing. You have been at more of the brunt of it because I feel like for most of the time commenters are talking to me. And then when we start Cortex, it's like this mic guy showed up. Let's (laughs) talk about this mic guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But so, you know, that and that's also partly why I wanted to step away because it's the same it's the same thing of, oh, people are having conversations about you, but it's really about their idea of you. And I did just want to step away from that while I'm feeling like, I don't even really know who I am at this moment. And so I I really don't want to read comments where people are talking about the me that exists in their head. Like, I just don't even want to see it. I don't want to be influenced by it in any way. Because the year of reorder is about being open to the possibility of difference and just like deleting the gray guide and starting over so that I'm getting rid of those re-influencing patterns stepping away from feedback on the internet in any way was a similar thing like I want to step away from people influencing me to continue to be the gray that's in their head as opposed to being the gray that I want to be so, anyway, year of reorder, Mike. That's what it is. We've got some interesting ones going on. <laughs> I'm excited about this next year. Like, I like that we've got a, a bunch of interesting things happening, but I also like that there is 
more accidental overlap in our themes than there has been before, I think. Good. I'm, I'm glad you feel that way uh, so that I, I can feel like less of a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I think that, that they are coming from very different places, but they are closer than I think we would have expected them to be. Yeah, I agree. Well, it'll be an interesting year. So, Gray, I asked for some Ask Cortex for people to send in their themes so we could share them with you know, maybe a bit inspiration for our listeners when they're thinking about setting their own. But we also got a handful of questions as well that I wanted to go through. Okay. Um, some we have kind of answered as the show's gone on, but there was a few more that I wanted to kind of to add in to add a little bit more clarity. So the first comes from Jenny. Jenny says, the show has had me thinking more along the lines of themes and not resolutions. Good. Excellent. Good work, Jenny. <laughs> Improvement. Yep. Good, good. My 2019 theme is the year of me, but it's the same as my 2018 theme. <laughs> How do you feel about this theme? Do you think it's lazy and unfocused? Um, or if it's unfinished, do you think it's sensible? Or And when should theme planning start? So I, I, there's a bunch of questions in here. I want to try and break them down a little bit. So I think ultimately, right, you should be focusing on yourself for your theme. Like that is the point. I think like there should be at least a level of like me in this. But I think that maybe the year of me is potentially a little broad. Like you should have some sub themes, I think, or, you know, just pick a specific element to focus on. What do you think? Yeah. With the themes, it really depends on what does it mean to you? Yeah. And it's like when I say, oh, my year theme is the year of reorder. Well, that doesn't mean anything to anyone. It's super broad and means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It means nothing at all. But it does mean something to me. So year of me can be that. But I do. I agree with you, Mike. I, I, again, in terms of like foundational ideas for me, one of the foundational ideas is like you should always be working towards building a life that you want to live. And so I agree that all of the themes ultimately are like the year of me in some way. Even if you had a, a a year theme that was something like, you know, I, I want to get better at socializing with people or like being better with my family or my husband or whatever, like that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's still really about you becoming a better person. It's uh, even if it's externally focused. So it does sound a little broad. Obviously, I have no problems with repeating a theme, but now this may not this may not be Jenny at all. But I do want to say that the one the one red flag for me here and the one thing that is why I really hate the hippy dippy stuff and I think you should stay far away from it is this sounds very close to the concept of working on yourself. And working on yourself is a hippie language for going to retreats and thinking about your childhood and how that affects you now. And I just, I know people who get caught up in this weird vortex of like, they're always working on themselves. But you know what changes about their life? Nothing. Nothing ever changes. And they're working on their, themselves for 20 years and go nowhere. So I just think like, just be careful about, about getting sucked into that kind of world or that kind of mentality. That's my only little bit of concern is like the language is just getting a little close to this kind of thing. 
So I want to come back to one of Jenny's questions, but I want to jump ahead mm-hmm. to one because I think that it could help. So Jay, okay. Jay asked, do you write up your themes and how do you write them up? So I kind of write a heading and then write a bunch of bullet points that relate to the heading to help flesh it out for me a little more. Um, I kind of write as just as I write most things, honestly, which is almost like an outline. It's just everything's bulleted. I write everything in bullets. I don't know mm-hmm. why. It's just how I think. Like I say this and then it, then I go on to this, 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 like there's the indented points which relate to the one above and then we'll outdent to continue writing something different which maybe relates to a point before it. Like it's all, that's kind of how I write. You see it all the time because it's how I write our show notes, right? Like mm-hmm. I write in, in a pseudo outline style. So this is how I write up my themes as well. You know, I'll have, I'll write down. So for example, like I have written down here, right? Like, the year of diversification. So then I've got another point. Looking at ways to ensure long-term stability by diversifying my income. Indent. Cortex brand. Indent. This ties in with stabilizing. Indent. Looking for collaborators. Right? Like this is how it's actually written out in my notes document that I keep, which I'm adding to as my kind of my thoughts start to crystallize about what my theme's going to look like. So I wanted to mention this because I will refer back to Jenny and say you should try and do something like this. Write out what the year of me means to you a little bit more and you might be able to hone in on something specific to just Mm -hmm. be focusing on that ladders up to making you better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And for me, the year theme exists mainly in the gray guide and it's just at the top. So it's just a thing that I see and... Again, that is a very unstructured document. Uh, I, I, I don't, not even as structured as your bullet points and indentations and things, but it is a thing that I review and add to and will be reviewing and adding to like over the course of the next year. And I think what's important about that is it's a living document that changes and it may be helpful in something like a year of me to have, have that as well, like a place where you're going back to the thing and you don't get, you don't get stuck in the same loop because when you write a note to yourself about like being better about X and you look at it every month and you think like, wow, I'm exactly the same as I was with that. I haven't gotten better at all. It's a motivating factor to be like, well, whatever I'm doing isn't working and I should, I should change something else. So I do think it helps to write it down somewhere mm-hmm. and to see it and to think about it in a structured way, even if like in my version, it's very unstructured, but coming back to it and seeing it and keeping it in your mind is what's important. I don't think you're going to like this, but the the gray guide sounds like a mood board to me in a way. It's like, here is a bunch of mixed media, uh, which relates. I don't know what a mood board is. Good. Uh, which kind of relates to a specific idea. So you're going to put like quotes and maybe images and links and stuff into one document and they're not necessarily tied to each other, but they all line up to the overall thinking behind the document. So Yeah, I mean, if we're going with what you said before, it's, you know, I don't know what a mood board is, yep. but it's it's you're more like one. a a user guide for yourself. Yeah, that's you what the a, gray guide is. You made a mood board, but that's cool, man. You go for it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Arian asks, "Have you considered quarterly themes, i.e., every three months?" I mean, Mike, you know that I love seasons. Yep. Seasons are the best. Yes. The answer is yes. Um, 
but I I I thought about it, but I'm not personally sold on how I would implement it. Maybe I would want like rolling themes, you know, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, right now for me, I think a yearly theme is really good. Quarterly themes could be kind of interesting. Um, Gray thinks about this more than I do. I want to see how this year starts to unfold and then maybe yes we could we could kind of break it down a little bit more you know maybe if you have your entire year theme there might be things that you want to focus on for three months at a time which all ladder up to it yeah like yes if that is a thing that makes more sense to you as a person go for it you know um but i haven't got there yet yeah i mean for me this this feeling of like oh waking up and and thinking about what do i want my current situation to be that strikes me as as very likely to be maybe something that's closer to like a two seasonal part of the year of reorder um you know i, I don't know but i'm I, that's why i'm very flexible about the start times and the end times don't really matter i will i will also just say though that i i am in love with the idea of seasonal themes and i also think that they would make a perfect beginner mode because it gives you an opportunity to review it more. So if you're just starting out with the idea of themes, making a theme for the winter, and then you review it when the season changes and thinks, do you want to extend it? Do you want to change it? I, I think that's a good that's a good way to get started. Um, if you've been doing it for a while, a year theme does make possibly more sense, but seasonal themes could totally be a good beginner's mode for theming your life. And Lou asks, is the yearly theme simply a way to categorize activities you would have undertaken regardless of the theme? Or do you actually do new planning or find the theme driving new activities you wouldn't have done otherwise? It's what I said before, that I find it's a way to nudge my thinking in particular directions over the course of the year. It's things I could have stumbled upon, but by having the names, having the words, having the idea of this theme it helps push me in the right well i think is the right direction for me like i don't know how long it would take me to find this stuff otherwise yeah and and that can that can definitely lead to new things like i i think um you know my my recent research trip uh right that that's a thing that happened because of this but really, why did it happen is because I was uh, I was sitting down and I was working on a video and this idea flitted across my brain of, hey, you could go to this place. And because I already had the idea of reorder and trying new things in place, I didn't immediately dismiss it. Like I played with it for a moment and I thought, is this a good idea? I don't know. And then it spiraled up into becoming actually a thing whether it was a good idea or not is still you know debatable but it it was a new action that resulted from in the moment not immediately dismissing something giving it just a second or two to to settle and to think about mm-hmm. so yeah i i think that's that's what that's why i like them as opposed to goals it's a very different kind of thing So we also had some listeners that sent in their themes and I wanted to touch on a few of them because I hope that it might help inspire people a little bit. 
um, that if they hear more ideas of themes that people have, it might help them kind of solidify uh, theirs, especially oh, because mine and yours are pretty similar this time. <laughs> I, w- I want to I want to hear people's themes. All like right. I really I really want to hear it. Tell me. So Mark is working on the year of production. So for 2019, 2018, Mark spent a time getting his life in order and now wants to do something with it. So he's going to actually, so last year was getting stuff together. Next year, this year is actually making stuff. That's great. I like it. Bridger uh, says this year's theme was the year of the bright focusing on mental health and financial stability. 2019 is the year of advancement, focusing on moving my projects into full production and release. Love it, right? Spend time getting your house in order, then go out and do something. I also, re- I really like that as a name, yeah, isn't Year it nice? of the Bright. Yeah. It's, but I think it's a good example of, of what I said before, of like, it, it needs to be a thing that means something to you. Like just in the abstract, the Year of the Bright would mean nothing without a little bit of an explanation. Mm-hmm. But I can see how that really resonates with the person who's focusing on it. So it's, I, I like that a lot. Joshua's yearly theme has been for 2018, the year of sustainability. Joshua graduated this year, uh, so he's been focusing on the transition from crazy college life into something more sustainable. The real world, I'll call it. Uh, Joshua is in (laughs) the year of the real world. Mm -hmm. Mary's yearly theme is stability. In the past four years, Mary's graduated college as well, started three new jobs, got married and bought a house. Whoa. Yeah. In 2019, Mary is planning on stability. Mary, we are kindred spirits, you and I. So we actually yeah. have pretty much the same theme. Stability, stabilization, <laughs> it's the same thing. So Mary, I hope this episode has been of some help to you. That's great. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lo- that is a lot going on. Ravenous Badges says, uh, I think I need something like the year of rebuilding. I was laid off last January and have been stumbling accidentally through an almost functional freelance business, but I need to build something that will actually last, not just a few things here and there that somehow mostly work. Mm, that's good. Good name and a good target. Blind Blonde PhD says, I'm continuing my theme from last year, the year of finishing. I have so many <laughs> half-finished projects that I just need to get done and move on. I did make some progress this year by finishing off some older stuff, but I still managed to add even more things on my plate. Part of that is the nature of my job as an academic publishing papers, and I have worked with colleagues to start a writing group to help with this theme. So progress has been made, but I need to make more before switching to a new theme. What a perfect theme to do for two years, the year of finishing, right? It's, it's like, I'm not done. Yeah. I started it, and I'd be fooling myself if I started a new theme, so it's going to be another one of these until we're done. That's perfect. <laughs> it's like it's, What a thematic theme. <laughs> and finally, the uh, Shaleko has said, the idea of yearly themes has been so helpful for me. This past year was the year of independence, and though I didn't accomplish everything I wanted, I was still proud of my progress because I'm excited. Here's a high-level summary of my victories this year. I traveled solo for the first time, graduated university, started my first business, got my first paying clients, got a full-time job, and learned to drive. I think, oh, wow. Ray, that we can take full responsibility for uh, the Shaleko's progress this year, right? Because <laughs> the yearly theme, so... Yeah, pat on the back for us, I guess. Look at everything we helped him do. <laughs> I think the Shaleko takes all the responsibility for the things that he has done. But we, we can claim to have inspired. 
That's that's yeah, okay. that's the claim that we can take. We can do that. But I think that's awesome. What that is a great list of stuff. That's a busy year. But this is why I like themes. And year of independence, like all of those things, they line up along that idea, gotten stuff done. It's nice to see that sort of thing. And you know, I, I really hope that people who've listened to this episode, it's a it's a thing that that you take away and you think of and at some point articulate in your mind like what is the theme that you are going to have for the next period of time 